Hey, everybody, welcome to Conspiracy the Show. I'm Adam Todd Brown. And I'm Olivia Haidar. And we're your goddamn hosts. I'm going to edit that long yeah. silence out, but it, there's, <laughs> there's a little delay. But to, I, I catch no, people cool. off guard. I don't, I don't point. Yeah. I don't point. I don't throw it to anyone. I just say my name and expect Olivia to say her name. And here we go. It was, it was an element of suspense, you know? Yeah. It's good. How's it going? Oh, oh, things are great. You know, things are great. Uh, I would say all told, uh, can't complain back on my meds. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, and that is my biggest news for the last few weeks. Yeah. It feels like we're all just kind of in that holding pattern waiting for enough people to be vaccinated so we can go out and watch movies and theaters again. Ooh. I mean, I, I'm I looking miss, forward to it. I do miss movies yeah. and theaters. I don't know why I said it that way, but uh, yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> we are we're hit round and third heading for home. That's a sports reference audience in terms of our deep, deep dive into Jonestown. And here's the thing: I'm I'm starting to realize this could be like 25 to 30 episodes long if I let yeah. it get that way. Just a whole separate jonestown podcast i mean it's already kind of been like the past seven or eight episodes have all been jonestown related yeah and we got one more after this and i'm telling you it could it could go on forever jonestown is such a wide-ranging thing that just i don't know there's so much shit that spins off of it and yeah you just kind of end up like at some point there's almost more interesting stuff as crazy and weird as Jonestown is like one of the things I'm finding is that this, this idea that Jonestown was a CIA medical experiment. That's a mainstream theory. It's just been lost to history. Yeah. That was like the narrative at the time, but it's kind of been forgotten. Yeah. Like right after it happened, we were fresh off of the church committee, which is the, panel that investigated MK Ultra and that happened in 74. So mm-hmm. Jonestown happens 4 years later and obviously people are like, "Hey, is this that again? Was this you?" And they were like, eh? I don't know. "Yeah. Why don't you ask the people who survived?" It's like you're all in 70s. 70s of course also a high point I think of uh general distrust in government uh, agencies and the the intelligence apparatus in general. So uh, honestly, yeah. it might have been the healthiest point in our relationship with the government as American Absolutely. people. Like, yeah, we were doing the things we needed to do as a people. It's just that the government won, basically. Yeah. <laughs> like, Essentially, yeah, seems to be the case. So let's just kind of retrace our steps here. In the Jonestown story, yeah. our first episode was just about like a general overview of the official version of events. Uh, I recorded that with Fizza Dasani. And from there, we started where the book starts, which is Operation Paperclip. You, you're familiar with Operation Paperclip, right? Of course. Of course. It was, yeah, the Nazi, you know, the American program to bring Nazi scientists over, of course. Operation Paperclip ends up spawning, one, the CIA, which half of the CIA when it launched was former SS agents. So it's very comforting. I'm sure none of they them are... bumped those numbers up since then. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure they all renounced their Nazi ways immediately upon setting foot on American yeah. soil. And uh, it also spawned MK Ultra, which is what a lot of people suspect spawned Jonestown. So we, we, we covered Operation Paperclip. We covered the Layton family. The Leightons are a family that seem to have some Nazi connections, and they definitely were the chief financers and architects of Jonestown. And they also just happen to have yeah. a lot of American 
intelligence connections. Like the mom right. worked for the CIA. The dad worked for the CIA. The dad was on the fucking Manhattan and, Project. Right. And, and of course, uh, the Professor Layton, you know, solved the mystery of the diabolical box and a lot of other mysteries uh, throughout uh, history. Uh, yeah. I believe one was on a train. What's happening? Professor Layton was a video game character. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Uh, there's, there's, a, game? there's a whole there's a whole series of uh like puzzle games uh about professor layton called the professor like it's just called professor layton man the diabolical box or 25 to 30 anyway. people listening to this are just losing their shit right now it's a popular <laughs> game i would say i'm gonna look it up it might might be named sure? after this guy Maybe, maybe they were. He loved he loved puzzles where you slide tiles around the screen to make sure the path was unobstructed. Those games were just that sort of thing. Funding all kinds of horrible covert <laughs> ops in South America. That'd be amazing if Japanese developer Level Five Games was involved <laughs> in this CIA plot. And it'd be amazing if the CIA wasn't funding that shit, selling crack. Yeah. So. Anyway, anyway, so that was the third official Jonestown episode was the Leighton family episode. And today we're talking about the CIA's involvement in the overthrow of Guyana and their activities in Guyana in the 70s in general and the other Jonestown that was happening at the exact same time. But before we get into that, let's talk about this book a little bit. Not sure if I trust this Mm -hmm. book anymore, Olivia. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I very much believe the CIA was involved in Jonestown still. Sure. Yeah. Seems clear. It seems pretty clear. Yeah. I've. Yeah. I'm just not sure about all the details in this particular book. I mentioned on an earlier Mm -hmm. episode, the guy who wrote this book is essentially a ghost. Like he showed Mm -hmm. up. He wrote this book in like 88 or 89 and we talked to the publisher who d- didn't want to appear on the show, a guy named Herb Richardson. And he said the guy showed up, wrote the book, and then they just completely lost contact. And the guy fell off the map after that. And then right. the guy who wrote it, Michael Myers from Halloween and oh. Canada. <laughs> uh, and Yeah, and Austin Powers, of course. <laughs> right. He pops up again Same in guy. 2014 and writes another book about how the CIA started AIDS in Africa and then disappears again. Like he is, he has no website. He has no social media, nothing. And I feel like that's, that's, I mean, I get it. Like if you're actually exposing for real CIA shit, like I guess you would maybe want to be secretive about it. But also this is a thing. Like I've also mentioned earlier, San Diego state university has a whole website dedicated to the idea that Jonestown was a CIA thing and they update it every year. It was most recently updated in October, 2020. If they feel comfortable keeping the flame alive for this, like why would, why would this guy need to be that secretive about it? Yeah. It's always kind of a red flag when the publisher goes, yeah, we published his book and then we have no idea what happened after that. Uh, We, you know, what happens to his i mean does he not get checks does he not get anything like he just totally vanished and then pops up and publishes another book i actually i have a theory i have a theory on what's happening with this book the publisher they submitted it to edwin mellon press their books are intended to be sold to college libraries and because Mm -hmm. of that they go through like an actual academic review process. This is all according to the publisher. This book never went through that process. And he says, that's why they didn't sell a bunch. You can still buy it on their website and without looking at it, I can't confirm the exact number, but it's somewhere around four or $500 like textbooks often are. And Jesus. So they didn't sell a lot of copies of this. What I no shit. Yeah. What I suspect might have been happening is maybe someone wrote this book with a lot of weird factual errors in it because I did catch a thing in the Leighton family episode where this book says the parents in that family stayed behind in Italy to work on the Nazi rat lines for a couple years before they came Uh to the United States 
But then the year they come to the United States is like two years before those Nazi rat lines, which were the routes they used to get Nazis into Argentina and shit like that. It was like two years before those even started. So where were they? Were they there or were they here? And even those ones that start like two years later were in Spain. They weren't in Italy. So what I think might have happened here is I think someone was hoping this would go through that academic review process and get rejected because then you'd have, that's almost as definitive of a debunking as you can get is if they send it through Mm -hmm. an actual fucking textbook review process and they come out the other end and go, no, this is full of shit. That's wrong. (laughs) Then you, you can just forever point to that and be like, yeah, see, we didn't do it. Sure. But it's, but it's interesting that they, that if that was the plan that they didn't anticipate that it might not get, uh approved you know that it might not go through that process that seems like something that like a cia investigator might uh, uh like uncover as a possibility yeah i mean i don't know there's don't the, know. the possibilities are endless i just yeah i really wish i could find the guy that wrote this book and for if sure. nothing else ask why he chose michael myers as a fake name like if you're gonna <laughs> choose michael myers as your fake yeah. name at least make it the same spelling. So then you're impossible to Google. But no, this is M-E-I-E-R-S. Whatever. And no, mm. it's not the guy at UC Davis. Relax, internet. Sleuths. But is it the guy who founded the Midwestern Walmart-style superstore, Meyer? Oh, that I don't know. I've it never be. been to a Meyer. I used to. That was my first job. Oh, wow. For me? Yeah, working at a Meyer. Steak and Shake was my first job. Oh, classic drive first job i worked every weekend 5 p.m to 3 a.m which i don't think was legal given that i was like 16 at the time yeah who knows yeah it was it was rough it was rough but i fucking love a steak burger so yeah i'm just i'm kind of concerned that leaning on this guy's book as the and i haven't been leaning just on this book as the only source i usually when i dig into a book like this i try to at least confirm the shit they're talking mm-hmm. about, but like a lot of times they're talking about books that are also impossible to find, but you can still, if you do the legwork, you can, you can find some stuff. But one thing we know I, that the government does is they will, if someone is kind of onto something, they'll sometimes send someone out to give that person more details and be like, yes, you are onto something. Uh, here's more right. information about it. And then that'll all be fake. And then that yeah. person will publish it and they'll go, see, that person's a liar. And right. We, we, this has come up a lot. Yeah. As a as a thing. And I could see this book kind of being one of those things where it's about a thing that is true, which is the CIA, because like, the CIA was involved in Jonestown. There's no fucking way. Like once we start getting <laughs> sure. into what else was going on in Guyana at the time, there is right. literally no way the CIA wasn't involved in this in some way. And it, yeah, it's it. You're not saying you, and you're not specifying any direct like actual actions or whatever. It's just like there's no fucking way that they weren't involved, like at the, at the very least. Yeah. Or even just knew like they definitely yeah. knew. Right. Like we have. Oh, yeah. That's that, might as well be concrete proof. And like J- Jim Jones was a, a big public figure before he went to Guyana like he yeah. was until people started defecting from that group and telling the press what was happening there people really viewed him as this progressive guy who had the mm-hmm. best interests of black people in mind and then once that all started falling apart that's when he hightailed it to Guyana but right everyone in the United States knew who he was like he was a mm-hmm. media figure so, yeah, that's why it was such a big story in 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 one way, like or one reason why it was such a huge story at the time. You kind of have to figure that either way, the CIA would know about Jonestown because if it really was this experiment to set up this socialist utopia in our hemisphere, our part of the world, well, you got right. you just look at your CIA history and you know they're not going <laughs> to let that happen. Like, no, of course, they are absolutely not. We don't let it happen now. Like, look at Venezuela since they elected Hugo Chavez. Yep. We have been trying to put a halt to that ever since. So It's our favorite pastime. It really is. Bigger than baseball. Yeah. Fighting communism with the help of Nazis. (laughs) Yeah. 
And so, like, either way, the CIA was going to know about Jonestown at the very least. But I right. think they more than knew. We'll get into it. But <laughs> this book, some of the things that he brings up, what, what makes me nervous is this theory really is pretty well documented. And it's been covered by a lot of people. It's been suggested by a lot of people. But there's just stuff in this book that doesn't come up anywhere else. Like Jim Jones being a key figure in the Bay of Pigs operation. Right. But at the same time, he did go to Cuba in 1960 after the Cuban Revolution. So it's like, sure, sure. I don't know. Who's to know? Which is sketch. That's that's sketch. It's sus, as the kids say. It is, it is highly <laughs> sus that he goes to Cuba a, yeah, about a year before Bay of Pigs happens. Year or two. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know if people know this, but in, in 1960, going to Cuba as an American, uh, not like, uh, you know, super cool, not not loved. Yeah, you can't just go. That's why when well, Dennis right. Rodman and Vice went to North Korea, I was like, oh, yeah. Vice, because that's what the government calls having fun. That's Vice. <laughs> They're a wing of the government. I get why we're going to North Korea. That's the CIA. And I, I didn't know I went to a CIA back house party that that's pretty crazy i wrote an article about prince for the cia <laughs> and it was about how the movie purple rain sucks so i got paid to sew division is what i got wow. paid to wow do. Yeah, i am a chaos agent so yeah i i don't know it's weird that he was there i mean the bay of yeah. pigs operation did involve us sending people in to like recruit people to come out and get training to go back and invade Cuba. Right. And that right. was kind of Jim Jones's bag was yeah. rallying people up to do things. I just, we were mostly sending Cubans, Cuban Americans to the Bay of pigs though. Right. Like a lot of that and to recruit people. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It, that whole thing is, that's a whole separate disaster. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the Bay of pigs. Either way, the CIA was involved in Jonestown. Like, sure. I don't need Jim Jones to be a CIA agent right. for this theory. It's gilding the lily. Yeah. And I, I think the biggest proof that this was a CIA-involved thing is where it happened, which was Guyana. Mm -hmm. You have to take into account how involved the CIA was in Guyana at the time. Like, everything that happened in that country... Once they tried to elect a communist, everything that happens in that country is basically the result of CIA covert action. Even JFK was just so enthusiastic about toppling yeah. Guyana. It starts in 62 when JFK is still in office and this guy named Chetty Jagan, who is running for office in Guyana in the elections are going to happen in 1964. He comes mm. to meet with Kennedy and is like, look, I, I get that, you know, I'm a communist or whatever, but I don't have any plans of teaming up with Russia. And Kennedy right. was like, cool, you do you. And then as soon as the guy left, he was like, fucking take that guy out. I don't like this. I, I never want to see that man again. Well, he was more like, I never want to see that <laughs> man again. Oh, the CIA is like, all right, but we're going to kill you anyway in a few years. <laughs> And like, this isn't that JFK signed off on this isn't speculation or rumor. It is documented. We'll link to mm -hmm. an article where you can read all the details. That article is on a, on a government run NSA archive website. It doesn't get yeah. more definitive than the government telling on themselves. And that's mm -hmm. basically what that article is. And this, the over, that we overthrew this government, it's so well known that it became a scandal again under the Clinton administration. Like everyone knows the CIA installed their chosen leader in Guyana. And yeah, that guy's name was Forbes Burnham, which come on, what a name that, that it really, it's really an incredible name. Uh, it's just not what you, you don't think of a Forbes Burnham as being a dictator. You think of a Forbes Burnham as being more of a, uh, a rich, like, yeah. you know, kind of a oil baron maybe, or someone who comes from generational wealth. An LA and, comic with know. rich parents, something like that. Oh, exactly. Exactly. So to give you an idea of how well known 
and how well documented the CIA's activities in Guyana are. This is a quote from the New York Times from the mid-90s when the U.S., for some reason, refused to declassify documents relating to the country. Here's the quote. Still classified documents depict in unusual detail a direct order from the president to unseat Dr. Jagan, say government officials familiar with the secret papers. Though many presidents have ordered the CIA to undermine foreign leaders, they say the Jagan papers are a smoking gun, a clear written record without veiled words or plausible denials of a president's command to depose a prime minister. And like, All I've ever known about the CIA and Kennedy is that they were kind of at odds. So I can just imagine if you're in the CIA and Kennedy's like, no, you can do that. They're going to be like, okay, let's have fun. Really? Okay, great. We can do anything. We can do anything we want. Yeah, man. And here I thought you were just some Catholic, you know, papist. (laughs) I guess you're a good guy in some ways. Good in air quotes. Yeah, exactly. And as soon as he signs off on this, we start doing some crazy shit in Guyana. Well, well, once we get Forbes Burnham in office, mm. because we basically what the CIA did is they went to labor unions and basically had labor unions form the opposition against Chetty Jagan. And then like at one point they start a fire that consumes a bunch of the city and like they were really going to the fucking mat to get this guy out of office. And once they get Forbes Burnham elected, they start doing all kinds of crazy shit. One of the things they start doing is trying to recruit people in the United States to move to Guyana or wherever to fight as mercenaries in Angola. Sounds like a good deal, you know. Hard, hard to, hard to resist. Three hots hey. in a cot might yeah, get shot. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> a little, little wrong. I mean, there. it's it's how they've gotten people for decades, centuries. One of the rumors about Jonestown is that the compound before it became Jonestown was used for something else, and that something mm-hmm. else was to train mercenaries to fight in Angola, <laughs> and yeah. that is hard to find information on it's called project shalom and there's still a project shalom out there that i think is kind of tied to whatever was that ha- but now it's just like a christian organization uh-huh. as opposed like they don't have they're not like training mercenaries on their website right. these days Chris, christian organization interesting interesting the, name the cia loves a christian organization they yeah they they do a lot of work with missionaries that's why whenever a missionary gets taken by a foreign government on suspicion of being a spy. I'm always like, listen, send him home. But yeah, you're right. He's probably a spy. Yeah. Like, why was he that close to the border of Iran? <laughs> no one needs to be there. Honestly, it, 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 it's not to not to do the invoke the year thing, but it's the year 2021. Do we really need missionaries in general, regardless of whether they're CIA spies? I think the information's out there. It's okay, guys. We, you can take a break. Yeah, I think public opinion has turned on trying to convert Muslims to Christianity. I think we can just let that <laughs> ride and just yeah. let everyone stay on their own respective sides. It's for the best. Uh-huh. It's really for the best. If we would just get out of the middle, and it's fine. But... Mm-hmm. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So this Project Shalom thing, there's not a ton of information about it, but there is a declassified State Department document that says the following. In July 1974, embassy officers visited the two agricultural communities being established in the vicinity of Kaituma, which is the port that Jim Jones used to uh, get stuff into Jonestown. The People's Temple Agricultural Mission and the Shalom Cooperative. So, yeah, 
it probably was exactly <laughs> that. And right. you have to, like, clearly the CIA was doing shit in Guyana. They deposed uh-huh. one leader, uh, put their leader in charge. They start training mercenaries there. And when you consider that, you have to consider the CIA's main areas of interest after World War II, which I think come down to four things. Mind control, mm-hmm. oppressing black people, toppling foreign governments, and making sure United States business interests in foreign countries are tended to. And yeah. all of those things intersect in Guyana, even at Jonestown. Yeah. And with all the other stuff they were doing, like, there's no way, there's no way Jonestown was not a CIA thing. Because everything else in the country was, except for the political party they wanted to squash. <laughs> Everything else was the yeah. CIA. I mean, yeah, they definitely had their fingers, I, I would say, in a lot of pies. Uh, and and it seems like mind control is really the only one that ever got rumbled, like, in a big way. The only one that ever, like, uh, got so uh, uh, so much public attention that they, like, just were like, hey, all right, all right, all right. We got to we gotta chill out on this. But uh, everything else is still pretty much the modus operandi. And the argument, I've always suspected it, and I've actually seen it said in researching this. One of the main proponents of the CIA theory at first, after Jonestown happened, was a guy named Joe Holzinger, who was an aide to Leo Ryan. Leo Ryan is the congressman who was killed at Jonestown. And he immediately after getting back was like, that was some CIA shit. CIA (laughs) did Jonestown. They probably killed all those people, and we should look yeah. into this. And one of the things he suggested or claimed was that after MK Ultra got found out as being a thing that was happening at just colleges and hospitals all around the U.S. and Canada, the CIA was like, all right, well, we can't do that in public anymore, so <laughs> we'll just take it to fucking cults and communes and shit. And right. it seems like Jonestown was that, because it... That move to Guyana happens right when those church committee hearings are happening, when everyone's finding out about MKUltra. And mm-hmm. they're not just going to, listen, they're clearly on to something when it comes to mind control. Sure. Like, they stuck with that shit for decades. Right. And we're supposed to think they just gave it up in 74? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. They had all those guys staring at goats. And, you know, it just maybe that was just too too costly. I don't know. Uh, The heat got too bad. There is video out there. I I didn't put it in the notes because I think I want to do an entire episode about it. But there is this doctor who in the 60s fought a bull using a box. He connected electrodes inside this bull's brain. It was all wireless. He put these electrodes in this bull's brain and then goes out into the bullfighting ring and has this box, and the fucking regular bullfighter guy does the the red cape thing, and the bull starts charging at him, and the guy just hits a button, and that motherfucker stops and just turns around and walks away. And that was (laughs) 1963. Yeah, and and that guy, he he got the Nobel Prize for somehow finding a way to make bullfights less ethical. It was actually really impressive. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that is true. It's That probably <laughs> is the, the less ethical reason. It's also terrifying that he figured that out. Oh, yeah, for sure. There have been so many years since to figure out even yeah. more. And that's the thing. The CIA was so into mind control, and they were especially into controlling groups. Like, it would be really inefficient to put all of this energy into controlling, like, one person at a time. So they were trying to control groups and they especially wanted to control black people and poor people Mm -hmm. and people who might bitch about the government not treating them properly. And Uh what it seems like they were doing in Guyana was trying to get as many black people as possible to move there under the guise Mm -hmm. of this is where black activists go. Like this is, this is a utopia. Like Jim Jones, I think was supposed to be one of the faces of that because 
almost up until the very end, that was his whole public image was this guy is building a utopia for black people. And Mm -hmm. what he was really doing was forcing them into slavery. Like, yeah. And it, it is generally usually a warning sign when a white guy starts building a utopia for black people, usually a red flag, I would say. Yeah, we would, we would certainly question it now. (laughs) That's for goddamn sure. Like, yeah, yeah. But back then Jim Jones would get, yeah, he would get canceled. Yeah. But back then, like people were buying it. People really thought, Mm -hmm. and here's the thing. That's the other thing that makes me feel like this was obviously a government plot of some sort because it didn't take much to know that Jim Jones was a fucking criminal way before he moved to California, like any of that. Like it was so obvious and he clearly had some level of protection that allowed him to just be this egregious, terrible criminal for years and years and years, but also become kind of a media celebrity. Like, right. Right. Someone has to be overseeing that, but yeah, the media has always been obsessed with, with, uh, charming, uh monsters though at the same time that's true so um yeah i don't know i just i wish i could go back and see more of like the original coverage of jim jones i mean a lot of it's out there yeah but what a weird fucking guy and what a weird guy to like rise to that level of fame and then yeah just to get you and all your followers murdered by the cia at the end Yeah, like in the footage that I at least that I've seen of him, which is not admittedly not like extensive, but he he's he's one of the like most unappealing of these like charismatic cult leader types. I don't find any I don't you like sometimes, you know, like, you know, your David Koresh's. I was just going to say, who's your who's your fave? Mine is David Koresh. Like Koresh is up there, but like. Just, you know, even though they're, you know, you know that they're bad people or whatever, you, you can at least see what other people see in in them. And with Jim Jones, it's just really tough. It's a tough sell for me. It is. And I, I think that's part of why he went for the demographic he went for. Because one, uh-huh. one characteristic about Jim Jones is he wouldn't come to a community and start trying to recruit everyone in the community. He wanted impoverished black people. That was, right. that was his demo. And right. I, I think he was just trying to get people that one were desperate, obviously, mm-hmm. and looking sure. for a way out of the situation they were in. And also someone who would go, yes, it is actually the government's fault. Like the, this, this is everything uh, is coming for you in the United States. So, we should probably get the fuck out of here and we yeah. can hide from the government all the while. <laughs> I think it was the CIA going, yeah, get black people to move to Guyana <laughs> because even Forbes Burnham, when he takes office, he starts trying to get black people to move from the UK to uh-huh. Guyana. And there's a quote from Forbes Burnham where he says, exploit the exploitable classic dictator slogan, I would say. And I honestly think that is what I think, Forbes Burnham and the CIA were trying to team up and make Guyana a place that black activists would flee to thinking it was some kind of utopia. And then they would get there and basically be slaves. That's what happened at Jonestown. Like it was sold as Mm -hmm. one thing. And then you were forced into 16 to 18 hours of labor a day once you got there. Right. And the thing about Jonestown, even where it's at is important because there's a whole two thirds of Guyana that Venezuela claims is theirs. And yeah. it's a border dispute that's been going on for decades and decades. It even flared up again in like 2019. Jonestown was in that disputed area right near the border of Venezuela. And I think there were two reasons for that. One, shit ton of resources there. Gold, like mm. all kinds of minerals. And like that's that's where Venezuela eventually found all that oil. So right. If you're going to set up a big forced labor operation, you might as well do it on top of a gold, a literal gold mine. (laughs) But also putting it there meant if Venezuela ever wanted to claim that territory, they would have to go through an encampment of Americans first. 
And then right. that would give us a reason to get involved in that conflict because we're not going to let Venezuela have all those resources, even though they have them now. Exactly. And, and that's a, that's, that is a classic American foreign policy maneuver to put Americans, you know, make sure you situate like us bases and these sorts of things. You put them in a place where, you know, so if, if it, it, maybe it's contested, maybe you know, the, both sides are just antsy. And then, you know, if you want to make sure it swings one way or another, you put a bunch of Americans there and then that makes people think twice. Yeah. And when it comes to just conspiracy theories in general in this country, a lot of times the, the really fantastical shit is just kind of covering uh, something also atrocious, but a little more mundane, like how right. Bush did 9-11 the government would love to have us believe that because then we're not saying, well, did Saudi Arabia do nine 11? Like, <laughs> right. Exactly. Like most of them were from Saudi Arabia because that's our ally. And we're not, we're not going to question that. Yeah. And I feel like with Jonestown, it could be as simple as, okay, we want that there. So Venezuela won't invade and yeah. we can do whatever we want in Guyana. And we don't give a fuck what you do. Just right. stay there and try to recruit Americans, and that's it. Yeah, like yeah. I think the CIA sometimes does shit that gets away from them. Uh -huh. We covered a, a group called the Finders uh, not too long ago. I still owe people a second episode about that. But the Finders, it seems like the CIA started them as a propaganda thing, and it just on its own spun off into a sex cult that was like trafficking kids. And the CIA, like oh once God. it was found out, the CIA was like, whoops, but you can't investigate <laughs> uh -oh. that. And they just shut all the investigations into it down. And like Jonestown could just as easily just be that. It could just, sure, like that could have been the beginning and end of it is yeah. strategic location so we can do whatever the fuck we want in Guyana. Even then yeah. it's pretty fucking crazy. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Very plausible also. But something about all the drugs that were found there make me think it's more than that. Because sure. it's not like they found party drugs. They found <laughs> massive stockpiles of the exact same drugs that the MK Ultra experiments were centered around. Right. Like, there's not a single true crime show cop that would let a, a murderer get away with a coincidence like that. Those are the moments <laughs> where you would hear, I always say there's no such thing as coincidences. But I don't know. The drugs. It's the, the drugs not just the drugs, but just the fact that it's in Guyana at a time when the CIA yeah. is actively trying to recruit black people to come to Guyana to be trained as mercenaries. And then there's also yeah. this shady quasi-religious figure who at the exact same time is trying to recruit black people to come to Guyana to be forced labor. Mm -hmm. There is no way those two things are not connected. There's no fucking way. I don't care what the rest of this book says. There's no goddamn way. Right. It would be unlikely, I would say. Very unlikely. And what's crazy is Jonestown wasn't even the only Jonestown in Guyana. <laughs> for one thing, it's brought up in one of the articles that we'll link to for this episode. There are maps of Guyana from around that time that some of them show Jonestown in a completely different spot. Uh-huh. But then there's also one that shows Jonestown and then like 25 miles away, there's a place called Johnstown. And what the fuck was that? But confusing naming. Then there's the House of Israel, which is what a lot of people came to call the other Jonestown. That was another weird community that popped up in Guyana and just like Jonestown headed up by a shady American criminal parading as a religious figure. Except this guy mm. was more of an actual religious figure. That doesn't mean he yeah. was good and honest, but sure. Also, like it, you know, he was on, he was you know on bail for like extortion or something, right? Was well, you know, I don't, I don't know. But uh, when we talk about, I mean, the fact that well, you, you'll you'll talk about who he was, but I don't know. Seems a little less shady in general than Jim Jones. Oh, definitely. Definitely. He, for one thing, his followers don't really report any of the, the beatings and abuse right. that the Jonestown people were getting. But uh, this group, they were called the House of Israel. 
and they were run by a guy named Rabbi David Hill. And he decides to move to Guyana after they start propping Guyana up as this place where black activists should come to escape the oppressiveness of the United States government. And he ends up fleeing after these extortion charges, which even then the extortion charges are in relation to this campaign. He went on about how McDonald's had almost no black franchise owners in the city of Hmm. Cleveland. And somehow that campaign ended in extortion charges. So even then I'm like, All right, I need to read yeah. that fucking court report before I'm sold yeah. on that. So I would say citation needed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would, I would love to love to know more about that because yeah, yeah, that sounds like some, some bullshit. And personally, I think this guy, unlike Jim Jones did go to Guyana, believing it was a haven for black revolutionaries. For sure. I don't think, I I think Jim Jones feels like a more deliberate and insidious thing, but I feel like this guy yeah. maybe just bought it because he's black. He's right. Another big difference between him and Jim Jones. Uh, <laughs> yes. Always, always a lot more comforting when a black person is leading a group of thousands of black people <laughs> as opposed yeah. to the one white guy in the room. And he was like a black power revolutionary, yeah. like, you know, th- this is a, this is a pretty ethical track record, on, I would say, before going to Guyana. Yeah. Then he then they get to Guyana and th- yeah, they basically become the muscle for Forbes Burnham's government. So mm-hmm. if like they would break up strikes, they would break up protests, they would not cool. Not nah, they were they were bad. They would uh, influence Man. voting. Uh, mm-hmm. All the bad stuff. Very bad things. They yeah. were they were like Forbes it, Burnham's side police basically. It's yeah, it's disappointing. Like it's very anti-revolutionary. It's just very uh, you know, seemingly against the ethos that drove them there in the first place. And it's part of the reason why I feel like they didn't know this was a CIA thing. Like I, yeah, I feel like they legitimately moved there because one of the reasons that they give for why they took this turn and start becoming like this violent side wing of the Burnham regime is that they saw him also as a revolutionary and someone who legitimately was trying to set up Guyana as a place where black activists and revolutionaries could go and thrive. And little do they know he's working pretty much directly with the CIA. Right. There's a book that I'm going to do a episode about soon called the cult of intelligence and the CIA or the CIA and the cult of intelligence by Victor Marchetti. Mm-hmm. First book, the government ever censored. And hmm. one of the things that they wanted censored from this book was Victor Marchetti's claim that the CIA had been directly paying Forbes Burnham The whole time he was in office. And this was in 77. So it was a year before Jonestown even happened. So I don't know if this group knew what kind of involvement Forbes Burnham had with the CIA. Like, right. I will definitely give this group credit for not slaughtering all of their followers. Yeah. Uh, No, big, big ups. Big ups on that. Especially because there were more like 8,000 people in this group. (laughs) Yeah. A small army. But you might say. They were still, even though they were an actual religious group and they were a little more mainstream, they were still viewed as being a cult in Guyana, mm-hmm. especially after Jonestown happens, after the Jonestown massacre. Then, yeah. of course, people are like, there's the new Jim Jones, you know, whether uh-huh. it was fair or not. But I think just the fact that that was running at the same time as Jonestown and the same time that the CIA is paying money directly to Forbes Burnham. Like, I feel like it's not that Jonestown was a CIA experiment. I feel like Guyana was a CIA experiment. <laughs> like the whole fucking country. Yeah. yeah. I mean, really, you could even broaden that to say that South America uh, was a CIA experiment for a good a good period of the 20th century. Yeah. Colonialism, baby. It's what we do. Absolutely. Like that is kind of yeah. what Guyana was. We showed up. We started bringing a lot of Americans there and set to exploiting the people and the resources. Yeah, we, we don't use smallpox anymore. We just use uh, 
cults and information technology and that sort of thing. A tale as old as time. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to wrap this up with the next free episode. It's just really getting unwieldy. And Mm -hmm. I don't know about anyone who's listened to these episodes, but I really don't need to be convinced any further that the CIA was involved in Jonestown. Yeah. Like I said, by 1980, if nothing else, this was mainstream talking points. Yeah. We've just. It's just fallen out of favor to talk about that sort of thing. Conspiracy theories in general. Like we've we've come out that other end now where anything that has the tag conspiracy theory attached to it, like people are hesitant to even bring it up or it's not treated as a serious thing. But. This is very yeah. serious. It is. It's interesting. It's it's really not even in our media anymore. I like political thriller used to be like a full genre that would, especially you know in the seventies was like the height of it. Uh, and I don't feel I, I can't even remember the last successful political thriller. Uh, you know, like there just aren't very many. Usually there, yeah. or if there are, they're about deep history not about anything even resembling current events fucking da vinci code or something like that well that i don't know <laughs> if we could call that a political oh come thriller. on come on the opus day i don't think is quite on the same level as the cia <laughs> <laughs> they're probably run by the cia and yeah. for all i know you know I don't, I don't think the cia is trying to hide that marianne cotillard is jesus's like great 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 granddaughter or whatever <laughs> here's the thing about the cia people make jokes at me a lot about oh adam don't get disappeared by the cia there is nothing that could ever be done in the history of the world <laughs> that would bring the cia to justice over jonestown that right. ship has fucking sailed yeah. this is not a cold case that's going to be solved by dna we are basically admiring the work of master criminals <laughs> by right, doing exactly. this podcast yeah. it's like examining alexander's conquest of of persia like you're just like oh yeah yeah i mean millions died you know he conquered that whole region uh it's fascinating really when you look at it <laughs> the cia is not only i think the most effective and lethal intelligence agency ever they are by far the cockiest and here's why yeah. i say that What I'm finding about Jonestown and pretty much every conspiracy theory is if you write a book about it, CIA will put that shit on their website. Like they they are not, they are not hiding from most of this. Like that book I just mentioned that the CIA wanted censored. It's on their website. The, the, there's a, a series of magazines that came out over a span of 10 years that were all super critical of the CIA written by former CIA agents Exactly 46 pages of those are censored by the CIA. The rest, they're like, we don't give a fuck. Tell people. Yeah. What are you going to do about it? Like, I think they're, they're proud of this shit. Of course they are. Because I would say, you know, taking away like a supervillain motivation, it's they look at it as, you know, a long legacy of protecting American interests at home and abroad or whatever like they they've got in their minds they've got no reason to be ashamed of any of the atrocities that they've committed because they've done it for the public good or whatever yeah so yeah they they would probably post all of these episodes on their website if i asked like there's absolutely put it on their press page (laughs) i should yeah you should you should ask and you know maybe that'll happen and i would be happy for it i would love i would love to be on the cia's website that would just be so great for me personally i guarantee we're there we're both on a cia website of some sort just more like an intranet absolutely (laughs) one hundred percent I am an Arab in the United States. <laughs> I, I, I I know that I am on a watch list somewhere, even if it's like a really long one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't think I'm at the top of any watch lists. <laughs> right. Exactly. But if things I get really out, like, of, if things get out of hand, they'll get to me eventually. Yeah. I know that when I go to an airport, there is like somewhere in some database, a little ding goes off. Like just a little, <laughs> just a little ding. Just like, oh, this happened. Okay. All right. Ah, uh, yeah. But 
so yeah, the CIA, they're, we're not going to crack this case. If you think it's coming to that, if you think the big reveal right. at the last episode is going to be, and now we're ready to bring them to justice. <laughs> no, we're just going to end this and be like, fuck, that was yeah. heavy. That should, that'll be a bigger Patreon goal. You, <laughs> you'll, need to, you'll need to really boost that one up. So I think that's our episode. Uh, next time around, we're going to talk about the White Knight. That's what they called it, the night that everyone committed suicide. Which, right, right. No, they were all murdered. We're going to talk about that next, and then we're going to be done. Because here's the thing. Here's the, here's the other thing about, oh, was the CIA involved in Jonestown? I don't know. The first reports of what happened at Jonestown came from the CIA. So <laughs> they obviously had some connection to it. Yeah. Anyway. And they just caught it in the local newspaper. They were like, oh, did you see this? It just this happened. crazy. Just happened to be in town. Crazy. Yeah. Meanwhile, there is one of the top people at Jonestown, a guy named Richard Dwyer, uh, for uh-huh. one, was in a 1968 publication called Who's Who in the CIA. And also, oh. Jim Jones can be heard on recordings from the massacre right before all the killings started. He goes, get Dwyer out of here. Uh-huh. Weird. Yeah. Whoop. Whoops. Whoops. And then Dwyer probably shot Jim Jones in the head on the way out. Who knows? Well, there you go. Who knows? Dwyer's Dwyer's very good with guns. We we do in know general. that. What's yeah. that? What's that? Is that another? Is this another board game like Doctor Doctor oh, no. Layton? <laughs> I, I'm just I'm just referencing my my one of my favorite references of Bud Dwyer. That's it. That's oh, that's all that is. <laughs> you ever you ever watch yeah. that documentary? Uh, no, I did not watch the documentary. I've seen the video. But it is not the, the documentary. The documentary is very sad. He, yeah, you've you, we've talked about it. I, I, it sounds sad. It's very depressing. I mean, it resulted in a man killing himself on TV. I can't imagine it's a laugh riot. Yeah, yeah. So that's usually going to be going to be a, a bummer series of events that leads <laughs> up to that. So, uh, what do we have to plug? patreoncom slash unpops, uh, unpopsnetwork.supercast.tech. You can also follow this show on Instagram now at conspirapops. Ooh. And also on Twitter at Conspirapops. Uh, what do you got to plug? Uh, you know, find me on hi, uh, on Twitter at Hi There Hydar. Uh, I live in Indiana now, so no, and and you know, stand up is illegal, so none none of that going on. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you if you if you watch my Twitter, there'll there'll be some stuff going on eventually. Uh, I got some stuff cooking in the pot, stirring the pot. That sort of thing, all sorts of pot related things. Cooking, cooking up the gumbo. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Why. Exactly. That's exactly how I would phrase it. All right. Let's get the fuck out of here. Olivia, say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. <laughs> <laughs>